a recording so that we can send this out on the internet. And uh, so I, I don't want to take too long or too short, but uh, uh, the week was about Thanksgiving. And uh, so I'd like to say something about Thanksgiving. I've kind of got it in two parts, and there's even a third part that we know, should know about, should come up fairly easily to think on. But let me take uh, some time with you this morning on uh, the Thanksgiving season and also the, uh, the attitude of Thanksgiving, the attitude of being thankful and caring. Uh, so Thanksgiving should help us to develop an attitude of gratitude. That would be nice. <laughs> Turn with me to uh, Colossians chapter 3. I put little papers in these, which I usually do so that I can find things a little quicker, uh, or the pages will turn open for me. But uh, Colossians chapter 3, and verse 16 and 17. It's Colossians chapter 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Wow, that's, there's, I notice some of the other words above, let this and let this and let this. And, okay, so we need to ask for this and, and uh, be desirous of the, uh, of the word of Christ to dwell in us, richly, in all wisdom. Is this ringing just a little bit? Yes, it is. Uh, I'm hearing a ringing. I don't know if I can... Feedback or something with it. If I can move it back. So me hearing anything is interesting. <laughs> I'll see if that's... see if that's going to help just a little. Okay, let the word of, of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, in all, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks there to God and the Father of Him. So both to the Heavenly Father, to Jesus Christ, Son of God and to the Father, you know, doing, making sure we're making the rounds of giving plenty of thanks. Uh, when I uh, think on these things, you have to kind of go through a different list of what's going on around us and what people are not thankful for and what's damaging. We're reminded that once a year we have to put a mark on the calendar, you know, a day of Thanksgiving. Oh, that's not really the right way, is it? Supposed to be thankful always, giving praise to the Heavenly Father, be thankful to Him. Uh, but once a year, maybe once a week would be better. Well, we have one day in seven. <laughs> we should be giving thanks uh, to the Lord. How's that? Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, really, we need to be thankful. And some say uh, about their prayer for a meal and so on, uh, should include some thankfulness. Um, we say our Father and we say give us bread this day that's every day we say a similar thing and be giving praise so uh, 
it is important to be thankful every day. But the world doesn't seem to do that, and we have to be reminded, I guess, that it is the nature of humans to gripe. Yeah, that's the bad part of it, and complain. Maybe we should uh, start a movement to reverse things, that it's not just once a year, but it's uh, that we give thanks, but maybe once a year that we gripe <laughs> and complain. Uh, <laughs> that would be better, wouldn't it? Uh, the effects of uh, whether we're being grateful and thankful or griping can go a long way in how we enjoy life and uh, our journey of life, whether it's a joyful journey or a miserable one. Attitude can be uh, altered. Our attitude, the biblical principles of the Bible. We should be looking for the stories where we see those biblical principles as we read through the Bible. Well, how, how do we get that reading through the Bible? How do we get the Bible into us? It's daily, isn't it? We need to be reading daily in the scriptures. Well, sometimes reading is difficult, especially while you're driving your car. Don't close your eyes and pray. <laughs> no, you better keep your eyes open. Um, listening to the Bible um, can be awkward as well, unless you run it in an audio fashion with um, MP3 nowadays and so on, where you can hear the Bible being read to you. And I tell people that's a big advantage because there's all those words of all those people down there that are just uh, so difficult to pronounce all their names, uh, Hebrew language, Hebrew names of people, and it gets very difficult. So we can do differently, different things, to be able to be in an attitude of gratitude and of thanking the Lord, and to be reading the Bible and growing in truth and knowledge of the Scripture. There's different ways of doing it. Uh, gratitude doesn't leave room for other things. If your mind is zeroed in on gratitude and, and uh, how life is, is going good for you and the good things of life that are coming your way, if your mind is busy with those things, wow, I'm glad that guy missed me. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we were out with uh, Pearl's cousin. He was driving and he decided to go into kind of an unused street and make a U-turn. But at that time, two other cars decided to do the same thing, they almost got killed twice in one alley. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could find something though to be happy about, to be grateful about. And the sour grapes is not the way to go. But Ephesians, which is nearby here, let's look for Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put away those things. Get rid of them. Don't let them be next to you because they're just going to upset you. They're going to make you feel the same way. You're going to act the same way as those things. In 32 it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. we got to take this and think about it a little bit and say, wow, God did all that for me. I guess I can spend some time on others. 
I can be good to other people, be thankful for them, and, and uh, help them along life's way. Change our attitude. Develop time with people. Get to know them. Know what they like, what they dislike, and so on. And when we're busy with that, there'll be no room for negativity and anger and bitterness and grumbling. It's, it's kind of impossible, I guess, to be grumpy at the same time of thanking God and, and being uh, grateful for other people around us and situations that are around us. It doesn't go together very well. There's always anxieties with uh, raising children, school, marriage, personal finances, all kinds of things that can come our way and cause us to feel downhearted, feel kind of grumpy. And that we have to put aside, right? We need to think of songs. We already read about songs that we should have in our heart, singing and making melody in our heart and being upbeat and positive about things. That will get rid of those. We should be like the little birds. They get up in the morning and they start singing. You have a robin in your tree and the first thing they do in the morning is sing. And we don't care so much for the roosters, but, <laughs> but the chickens sing too, don't they? They really cackle away. And uh, we should be watching for other animals that are making pleasant sounds in the mornings and be like that. Be grateful, thankful, worry-free. God is take care of, taking care of those animals and he can take care of us. Our outlooks needs to be better and happier. Um, but we would, uh, <laughs> I guess there's two kinds of birds, isn't there? There's one that flies real high and is looking for anything that has died. Because that's lunch. <laughs> or we could be the hummingbirds that are looking for the flowers. So that they can pollinate, <laughs> they get the nectar from the flowers. And they're so happy. And they could be that kind of bird. We always like to watch the birds flying, the, the geese and ducks and so on, flying in a triangle. And when we were away to Amarillo, lo and behold, there they were. And we think, well, what's out here in this dry and barren land next to nothing here? What, why are they here? They're kind of passing over, but you know, there's a lot of wheat fields nearby. There's lots of waterways, a lot of lakes, lots of things in the lakes that they would like to eat. So they're happy. They're flying in their V and they're joining one another, and they know enough to trade places so the lead bird doesn't get tired all the time, and the other ones can go back down the slope, and they can fly in the trail of wind of the others. Somebody has to step forward every once in a while and fly the lead, and they break the wind. Yeah, that's uh, different for them to take turns, but they're smart enough to know that. For ourselves, we need to be able to give thanks for others that are around about us. Others that have helped us find salvation. Those that have brought us to the Lord and taught us the way. Uh, but you know the table turns a little as they go going. One day we need to do the same for others. We need to show them the way. Teach them the way of salvation. Help them get the blessings of God on their life. We should also reflect on God's goodness. Every day. Think about it. What God has done for us and the ways that God has been good to us. Sometimes it's difficult when we move from place to place. And in, in our life, we've had to move 20, 24 times, I don't know, 22 times that we've had to move. You're gonna like the next place you went to or the one that you were from. 
You cannot live in the past. You can't say, oh, it was sure nice back there in 50 so-and-so or 60 so-and-so, 70 so-and-so. Um, you can't go back there. You have to make this what you're in now. You've got to make it the happy world for you. So sometimes when I get up in the morning and I thank God for Oklahoma, thank you for bringing me here to Oklahoma. Is that true? <laughs> well, I was also thankful over there, and I was thankful over there. That one. Which one was best? Then you find out right here is the best. For the time that we're in, while we're here, be thankful for the trees and for the flowers. And you've got flowering trees here that bloom all year. Well, not quite, maybe six months. That they bloom all six months. Wow. You've got the knockdown roses. They bloom for months. You know, in fact, they like it if you pick the blossoms off and they'll bloom again. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, we need to find those reasons why we're happy where we are. When we drove from Amarillo all the way to Oklahoma City, it was blue sky the entire way. Is that 200 miles or 250 miles? I don't know how far it is. Blue sky the whole way. Horizon to horizon. Uh, yeah, I asked somebody in Seattle if they ever get it. <laughs> I don't think they ever get it. In fact, in British Columbia, it was so dull of weather, weather that people used to find a tall bridge and jump from it, kill themselves. Aren't we thankful we're here? Yeah. Be thankful for what God gives us. We need to overcome that discouragement that is easy enough to feel. Those people that had something disturbing them, that they wanted to die and kill themselves, uh, that is not nice. If, the, if your surroundings are that bad, you really need to find something else that will brighten your day or change your attitude. Change your attitude so it's a brighter outlook on life. So don't get into discouragement, but actually praise. Switch your thinking from, from disappointments and discouragement to singing, to happiness, happy songs. We usually on the Sabbath day, we have uh, videos that have music on them. You can see the people singing and smiling and enjoying themselves. It lifts our hearts, right? We feel good too on the Sabbath day. That's one day when God gave us that we can sit down and enjoy ourselves. Other days, six days shalt thou labor. Do we have to obey that rule too? But <laughs> the seventh day is the Sabbath, and we can enjoy ourselves. Uh, we need to walk in the light of God's will and God's way in the scriptures. God is sovereign. He knows what we need. He gives those things that we need. He puts them in our paths so that we can be uplifted and encouraged and thankful. Sometimes when things come in front of us, we're not sure whether it's a blessing or not. And uh, I want to take us from here straight away into uh, a story of the Bible. Sometimes when you're reading the Bible, you, uh, you say, well, uh, there is stories there somewhere. And is it always just David and Goliath or... Uh, um, Daniel and the Big Pickle. Right. Oh, that's a children's story, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but David and Goliath, and you have um, the braggy king of Babylon, and you know these different stories, and uh, going into a foreign country and having to do well. 
But you know there's blessings in there if you watch for it. The children of Israel that were taken into captivity, they could have been moaning and groaning the whole 400 miles. They had a walking. That's where the kings of the east came from at this time of the year. They fight during the blizzards and cold and, and across the desert 400 miles in one evening on their camels with their entourage and all the other animals and people that traveled with them. Because a king doesn't go anywhere without an entourage, right? And uh, they came all over in, in the evening. They passed over those 400 miles. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then they got the king out of bed in the middle of the night. And, yeah, sure. You know, uh, <laughs> Uh, people are not reading the Bible or they're not thinking while they're reading it. Some of those things are impossible. Uh, so they need to read the scriptures and live by the scriptures. So here's a story. In Kings, you wonder, well, way back there, weren't they still counting people? <laughs> uh, they told a lot of family lines, a lot of lineage of people. But there was I, uh, Elijah, Elijah was in those stories. And we sing a song, Elijah's God still lives today. Oh, are you sure? Do you believe that? Well, then he can do what he did there. He can do now, right? God can do that. Whatever God did back then for Elijah, he can do it for us. So we want to read there in 1 Kings. First Kings, and I'm going to have to just look around a little bit more, tell the story, I guess you might say. It could start in verse 16, uh, because there was a lot of trouble with the king, wasn't there? Uh, Kings chapter, First Kings chapter 14, it starts to talk about the Sodomites that were in the land, and they did abominations. Oh yeah, I wouldn't want to live in that temperate country, would you? And then you turn over a page or two, and you find... Uh, Jezebel's in here too, just I can't land on it very quickly, but uh, in in chapter uh, 17, I've got a green star at the top of my chapter. Must be a good one, right? So if you want a good story, that would be a good story to read sometime. Elijah, what did he do? Well, what did he do? Uh, well, things weren't so good. The king that he was living under and trying to tell stories of was a really bad guy. They were worshiping, worshiping Baal, which was their king. Their, their, not king, but their god. They built altars to him, they built monuments to him, they built carvings to him, uh, prayed to him. Do you remember the story of uh, uh, building an altar? He said, all these priests of Baal, you build an altar and and uh, put all your animals on there that you need to burn, whatever your God wants. And then you put uh, wood on it and you you uh, have this rock uh, altar, however you want to build it, you do it, and you pray to your God. Well, it's around near this story. I'm not going to go right to that spot, but I, because i got a goal here in this chapter 17. Anyway, I can just imagine how this unfolded. Elijah prayed and stopped the rain for three and a half years, and everybody was happy. Oh, no, they weren't, especially not the king. So he was going to try to, uh, Elijah said, well, we can fix this by you getting all your priests together and not all my, the, me, and his few people that were around him. He said, we're going to pray to our God. 
they were jumping up and down, cutting themselves and throwing stuff on the on the top of the altar and even throwing people on there and whatever. They were just doing all they could to try to get their God to answer, and he wouldn't answer. He said, maybe he's sleeping, you should holler louder. Is that how the Heavenly Father is? He sometimes deals with us with a still, small voice. He is there, he is alive, he's doing well. <laughs> he's watching, he's got watchful eyes everywhere. Um, so this was kind of a teasing of these, if you think your God can't hear you, maybe holler louder. Anyway, it wasn't going so good for Elijah after that action had happened. You need to read that story, right? Find out what was going on. Find out where Jezebel was. Hmm? The altar was after this. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't get in the right chapters here. But uh, Elijah was trying to learn of how God is going to use him, how he's going to be used of the Lord. So here he's... Uh, in verse 1, he's, uh, as the Lord liveth of Israel, that's what it says in the middle of the verse, liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, according to my word. So there's going to be this three years, we know, actually three and a half years, if you see it in the New Testament, but this time when there's not going to be any rain. So God said, I'm going to have to hide you because the others are going to hate you. So that's down in verse 4. He said, I want you to go to this brook. And I want to have the ravens bring you food and feed you there. Uh, God, are you sure? <laughs> Isn't that how we think sometimes? God says, I want you to do this. You're going to be okay. I'm going to hide you. And, and you're going to live there. And the ravens are going to bring you um, bread or food and, uh, and you can drink from the brook that's there. Then after this passes by a little bit, you get down to verse 10, about 8, 8, and 9, 10. Uh, God told him a different thing to do. He said, I want you to go to where this widow lives. And I want you to talk with her, entertain her, stop her, and, and visit with her. Well, he does in verse, verse 10. The woman says, I've got just a little bit of food left. I said, how are you doing, ma'am? You know, she said, well, I've just got a little bit of food, meal, or whatever, ground corn, and I'm going to have, um, I'm going to make a little cake, maybe like a pancake. Didn't sound like it was very big. And she only needed two sticks or a few sticks, depending on how you want to read that, to have enough heat to heat this one pancake. And then we're going to die. Son and I. There's no more food. And we could go into woe and oh, sadness and all of this stuff. Or we can look on the bright side of it. Okay, God's prophet is here. What's, what's he brought for us? What's this story going to turn over to be somewhat different? What's he bringing? What kind of story has he got from God? Well, he said to her, What I want you to do is get me some water in a vessel that I may drink. He's thirsty, he's walked a long ways. And uh, he said, then secondly, I want you to make me a morsel of bread. And she tells the story. Uh, I don't have any. There's only enough here for a bite or two for my son and myself. And he said, well, wait a minute, ma'am. You take from what you have. You cook for me first. And he said, well, yeah, sure. We're going to stand by hungry and we're going to die. 
Well, that's not in the story, right? But this goes through your mind. This is very likely to happen. And this widow lady is, is being told this. And he assures her that she needs to do what he's asking her to do. You bring it for me, a little cake for me first. And then afterwards you can make for your son. And, the, and then verse 14. Thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, the Heavenly Father, the YHVH, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that God says, He's the God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste or, or empty, will not fail. Neither shall the cruise of oil, you have to have a little oil for the pancake and to fry it, and so the oil is not going to fail till the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Whoa, you know, you got to think of that a little bit. We know that the Bible tells us about it being three years. Did he stay with the lady the whole three years? Almost. That's what it sounds like. It won't fail for three years. Maybe he had to leave in the bail. Because he had to go and talk to the king again, right? But maybe that meal kept going longer. So that they wouldn't have to worry until the rain came. Okay. So she went and did as he said, and sure enough, it worked. God tells the truth. And the prophet was telling the truth. And then in the end of verse 15, it says, that they were at her house and they ate many days. How many is that? It didn't say a day or a week or a month. This is probably, I wrote in pen on the side, three and a half years. And there was a cross-reference there. Because just across columns to uh, chapter 18, verse 1, it says the third year. Look, they're three years. They're dipping from an empty barrel of meal. And they had an empty bottle of oil that they were pouring from. And they lasted three years. Can our God save us or can our God save us? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm afraid of this bug that's going around. Or I'm afraid that the money system is going to crash. We're going to have another 1929. We get so afraid of things and, and downhearted. We deliberately let ourselves go downhill. Oh, look at me. I'm in, you know, I'm in a bad way. And all the same time, as God says, let me show you how I can save you. Amen. <laughs> you know, the children of Israel, they started off across the desert. I could just see them. How long do we have to walk? Is it a week? Well, maybe our shoes will last a week. And then we're going to go back in the wilderness for 40 years because we failed God. We didn't serve him, didn't obey him didn't believe him, and now we're going to have to do 40 years. And you know what? Their shoes lasted 40 years, not just 40 days. Amen. Lasted 40 years. And you go through all the things that would have happened to them, the animals. How do you have enough animals that you're herding? Goats and sheep and other animals. That they, they had bullocks, and they had, so they had beef and so on. And, and where did they grow their gardens for 40 years? And every once in a while, God would say, move. And you, by the time you move a million people, you've just stomped your garden real flat. <laughs> can, God pay, can God give you what's needed for all of you? I mean, everything from a belt. Leather belt's going to dry out in the desert. How do we make it last 40 years? Wow. Can God do it? Wow. Yes, he can. So here this lady did what she was told. And everything was going well. 
Right in verse 17, talks the story about the uh, the uh, woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was unto sore, and there was no breath in him. This is the child, the son, the little boy that's dying. Oh, prophet, you came with the wrong child. No, you have to say, God bless you. God sent you here. God arranged for this pattern of events that when this boy got ill, you were going to heal him. Right? There's different things in these stories that you can look at and you can say, oh, woe on me, you know. Or you can say, God did it. And we can be thankful that he was there, that we were there at the right time. So the prophet raised this boy back up and gave him to his mother. Verse 24, And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art the man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth. Now wait a minute, lady. God's been filling this bucket with all this meal. He's been keeping the oil container full. And you've been eating day by day for years, or days and days and days before this happened. And now all of a sudden you say, I can believe. But aren't we like that? It's sad, isn't it? We get downhearted and, oh, God missed my house last night. You know, this terrible thing happened to me. Um, we're all like that. But we have to have an attitude towards uh, thankfulness and looking for the good. Look for good and thank God for those things because he's there. He's there all the time. So I hope I've encouraged you to, to want to read these and go back and forth. Uh, just the various parts of the story, I guess it goes very quickly in the next chapter that's got more of what I even hinted at about going to talk to the king and, and this uh, um, prophet. Yeah, the prophet's in verse 22 of the next chapter uh, with the prophets of Baal and the uh, uh, how they were trying to do it and how he talked with them about they, um, they would cut themselves and so on. And they were mocking, uh, yeah, all the way down to chap chapter 27, uh, chapter, oops, goes lower here, chapter 18, verse 27, and even on past that, um, the things that they would do and what they were doing, um, worshiping their evil God. We've got a really good God. He always takes care of us. We should be so happy to read this, say, today. And just say, wow, um, this is the kind of God I serve. Thank God that he is this good. I was looking for the middle of the page on the other side of the of my page, chapter 19, verse 12, or 11, 12. That's where, the, where there was an earthquake. And where there was uh, a fire, and at the end there was a still small voice in verse 12. That's the God that wants to talk with us, a comforting message. Not fear and danger and anger and children being hurt. And this is the kind of God that we serve. One that gives us blessings, helps our children to be happy and strong and protected, and for ourselves as well. And the still small voice is comforting for us. So let's find reasons to be thankful. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Read these things today as a special comfort for yourselves and for growing in your spiritual life. May God bless you.